0: Another edition of 43.6, the sports podcast that you've always wanted. I'm Dustin Perry, and I'm joined by James Key. Hello, James.
1: Yeah, hello.
0: And Maddie Key. Hello, Maddie. Yo. We got a lot of interesting topics to discuss this week. Some are uh, ridiculous in nature. And that's what we do on this show. We talk all about the sports that we want to talk about and all the other ridiculous things in the world that we want to talk about. If you enjoy that, please follow 43.6 on s- social media and we're also on YouTube. This episode will be available up on YouTube as well. Uh, search 43.6 at, in uh, YouTube and you'll find us right there and going forward every episode should be on there. And yeah. we Thank you for subscribing there as well.
1: Subscribe so that we can get a vanity URL so we don't have to tell you to search for it. We can just go YouTube slash 43.6 but you need to subscribe for us to get there. So tell people to subscribe. Click the little Bell tells you when there's new videos, all that shit,
0: all that good stuff. And also good stuff is what we have on the show today. We're going to talk about many things, but the main things are going to be the Oakland A's, hot dogs, the world junior championship, Nazem Kadri, Patrick Kane, Kevin Durant, Deshaun Watson, and top five favorite athletes of all time. This is a packed show, but first, before we get to all that, we do like to talk about what's happened in the past week. So James, we'll kick it off with you. What does your hat say? Pika Pika. The brim?
1: Pika Pika. It's a oh, Pikachu, okay. buddy.
0: Did you see? Okay. So I'm super off topic already, but did you see the announcement today with the uh, Pokemon slash mini remix?
1: No, what? I didn't see that. What is that? Oh yeah, it was Gamescom.
0: Yeah. Today was Gamescom. So we're, okay. So we're recording a day late because I had family stuff to do, do yesterday. Um, but today was Gamescom, and during Gamescom they showed off a BMW Mini that was like cross Pokemon.
1: Whoa. So it's an electric
0: car that's run by Pikachu, and the coolest thing about the car—I mean, other than like the crazy Pikachu animation when you start the car—and um, it's a concept car. It'll probably never come to market. But the coolest thing is there's a projector on the front end of the car that like just projects like you know episode output. Oh. So yeah, it could be a movie if you so choose, or you can attach your Nintendo switch and play like switch up against See, the side of a wall or something. That's,
1: that's, that's, fucking cool. Cause like you could do your own like driveway, drive in like that'd be kind of neat. Exactly. That's yeah, actually, actually cool.
0: for people who normally go like camping and they have a trailer or something like just park your car in front of the trailer. Boom. There's your projector.
1: Or, uh, bring like uh, a backdrop with two poles. Like, you know, those, like for photo shoots, just bring one of those, throw it in front of your car takes two seconds to put up that's kind of neat yeah no pika Pika, i'm dude i'm i'm all in on pokemon again it's because my kid is so like like i said you we know you got the charmander back there but uh yep there he is um it's like she's just all about it so like it like rekindled my interest in it and like the world championships were over the weekend and i watched a bit of that which is kind of the nerdiest fucking thing like i was talking about it at work and i was like is anyone is anyone actually hearing about this right now like am i am i outing myself as a big fucking nerd but uh yeah no so yeah pika pika i got this hat at gamestap there he is the man himself this is I'm my Pikachu
0: amiibo these are, i have nice. very few amiibo and i'm glad i only have a very few amount of dude some people
1: go ham some people this could
0: have been a thing right for, like i know for a lot of people it is a thing like but if i had bought like the first run of them i know like all these wrestling toys back there like there would have been a collection at some point i'm like i have to start buying all of them dude there's an empty display case in
1: the back of maddie's video over there or is it that way um (laughs) where you could dude he's like i you're i'm surprised you didn't go all in bonerific on amiibo like i would have thought you guys would have like that seems like right up your thing
2: it's because I have too much shit already. The last thing yeah. I need is an amiibo or to like fight, like get caught fighting some little kid at a Toys R Us <laughs> for a default Samus that has two blasters because they messed up the molding.
1: This guy knows. Look, like, he already knows. He's like, Do you yeah. You guys
0: know who, Gar- you know who Gary Widow is?
1: No. No.
0: So Gary Whitta is one of the writers for one of the Star Wars movies. He did uh, Rogue One. And apparently, like, even the writer of the movie doesn't get the action figures sent to him, so he had to go to like a target or whatever, like the day the action figures were released to get I can fix He that. just wanted to get everyone of like that movie, right? And he goes in, of course, there's a huge rush of people to get the new Star Wars toys that came out. And he they both grab like the last K2 SO, like they're both holding on to it. And he's like, I don't wanna tell him I created this character. So he just like you let it go and let the guy have it. But he's like, I felt like Big League in him there for a second. Like, yo, I wrote this fucking character. Like, I'm taking this toy.
2: That's yeah, the thing. And like, I would have been like, go fuck yourself. Why didn't you get one for free?
0: Exactly.
1: Yeah. That's, that's you know, it's funny. Like, oftentimes the guys who create shit don't get sent that kind of stuff, which I think is, is kind of a miss. But um, yeah, no, fuck, man. Uh, all like cards, games. I'm going back. Dude, I went and grabbed my... Game Boy Advance Pokemon games, and I'm gonna pop those in my Game Boy Micro and play those. Um, fuck, dude, yeah, all in got the hat, the sweater, catch all. yeah, that's the plan. All four thousand of them.
2: Funny story about Pokemon on DS. So, when one of us used to manage an EB games, <laughs> okay kids would come in and trade in their pokemon games but they wouldn't wipe the data
1: we would just steal we would just go in and
2: poach (laughs) and be like yo this kid has like eight of these and they're all level 100 we're like trade them and we'd trade them to ourselves and then like wipe the game
1: there you go buddy yeah
2: i have the crystal one
1: yeah this is uh Pokemon Pokemon
0: pokemon yellow that i had when i was a kid
1: yeah do you still play it
0: on my no i haven't turned this on in years you should I actually I did turn it on recently because someone had a question about a Pokemon. I don't even remember what Pokemon it was, and like the certain type, they didn't believe that the type was. And Google wasn't your help, your friend. <laughs> well, no, but like they didn't believe it. Like they saw it on Google, and they're like, "This was Taylor Kelly." Like he's like, "No way was this Pokemon." I don't remember what Pokemon it was. It's like, "No way, this was like a flying normal type or something." And I like we pulled it up on Google. He's like, "Nope, nope, I don't believe it. That's like some Gen Five bullshit." So I'm like, yeah. I will take out my Game Boy and I will <laughs> go to this Pokemon and I
1: will show you. Dude, the games hold up too. And the games hold up because the the formula is, is so simple. And it's it's the same and it, you don't need to deviate. Like even if you think about the newer versions, like it's still the same formula. You got a bunch of badges. You got catch a couple Pokemon on the way, level them up. They can basically just do cool shit. Like that's...
0: I'm with you. I played Pokemon Arceus for like 100 hours and I finished it. I haven't
1: deck. played that yet. Is it good? It's fair. It's so good. It's it is, very addicting.
2: Yeah, it's stupid addicting because you get like challenges that you got to do and to unlock certain Pokemon, you have to complete the decks and it's not like it's overly hard to complete but it's just tedious and it's you become obsessive.
0: It's It constantly drops a carrot in front of you of like Okay, I'm gonna turn the game off. Oh man, but there's—I just saw like an EV run by, and I need like two more EVs to get ten EVs, and then once I get ten EVs, I get a check mark, and this check mark—it's it, a whole thing. Like, so that, always, see, like that's the one thing that would bug me. Thing that makes you want to keep playing.
1: But that's what would bug me is that I don't—I don't want to catch ten EVs. I want to catch one EV. It's Eevee not that big of catch... a deal. It's, no, it's, it's they're always, everywhere.
0: They're yeah, they're running around all the time, and you don't have to battle them anymore. You just take a pokeball and throw it at it.
2: Yeah, and... huck it from behind, and you're good.
0: Yeah, poke, they Whoa. just poke all right in the back of the head. It makes a really satisfying sound, too, when you hit them in the back of the head with a pokeball. <laughs> it does.
2: Like <laughs> <Make> that squishy.
1: <laughs> That's <Yeah>. fun. Love <laughs> it.
0: a cool sound. <laughs> well, I'll no, try. Like,
1: I'm, I'm stoked for uh, Scarlet and Violet. That looks fun. But this isn't Speaking a Speaking of Game Boy, Dustin,
2: that Game Boy might be worth something.
0: Oh, I would never sell it.
2: Don't. My, my Crystal my, my, one, I think the last time I checked, was like a few bits of money (laughs)
0: um my hardware i typically don't sell actually that's the, the hardware and games i typically don't sell i've
2: actually been looking
0: up this company i think it's called like rose colored or something like that rose colored gaming i think that's it not a sponsor but they make these display cases and they are really cool looking yeah. So I've been looking into getting a bunch of display cases for my old Game Boy, and you can put like a cartridge on it, and then I would put like so it'd be like the Game Boy, the cartridge, and then my Pikachu amiibo, and then it looks, it looks like uniform as if there as some sort of art display.
1: That's cool. I don't. Know. I have something like that for it, for one of my favorite games, Earthbound. I have like a, I ordered just a case off Amazon, and I put all like the game and like a bunch of figures in it, so it looks like one one piece. Was it Rose Color Gaming?
0: Uh, Rose-colored gaming, yep. I'll it's, check that I'll out. I'll pull up a bunch of them later if you want to take a look at it. But I have a cart with like nine things in there.
1: <laughs> yeah, I uh, will check it out.
0: All right, anything else about your week? We just literally just talked about your hat the whole time. No, it's just
1: Pokemon, man. That's that's what okay. it is. It's Pokemon at work.
2: Maddie? What did I do? I don't know. I'm kind of so focused on this weekend. It's Fan Expo. I'm ready. It's been a while since I've been there, so I'm excited. That's gonna be my whole weekend, probably like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then just kind of lays around. But no, like you know, it's weird. It's I've almost kind of I get hyped up to go do things, and this is not talking about fan well. This is just like in general, like hanging out with people. I get really hyped up. Someone's like, "Let's go do this," and I get hyped up. I was like, "Yeah, let's go, let's go, it'll be fun." The second it comes around to actually have to go and do the thing, I'm like, "Yo, I just kind of want to lay in bed."
0: that's that's because your extroverted self made the plans and now your introverted self has to go do the plans
2: it's not even like an introverted thing it's not like a lack of desire to hang out with people it's more of i love sleep (laughs) and i'm like jim knows this i can sleep anywhere at any time yeah we're both kind of like that yeah he used to have band practice when we were in high school and i used to sleep on the couch in front of the amps and the drums and just pass out
1: the thing is, is like, for me, it's, I'm always like really down to do stuff. But then when I get to the point, I'm like, I could do this thing, but that also takes away time from me doing this other thing, which is not doing that thing, and <laughs> just lying there and reading something or fucking whatever, right? So mm-hmm. that's my, my struggle. But I, hey, I'm I'll be joining this gentleman for two of those days and taking the kid down for Thursday. So that'll be fun. I'm going to let her dress up. She wants to dress up as Mirabelle from uh, Encanto. So oh, I'm going to let
0: her do it. I have not seen that movie.
1: What? How have you not seen
2: Encanto? I've seen Encanto for fuck's sake. I it's mean, good. it's been on the list for a while. It's really good.
0: But I, I, I'm sure it's great. Like, I love Disney movies. I mean, I went to Disney World literally two weeks ago. I just haven't got around to seeing it yet. What about you? I had a busy weekend. I was in London, Ontario on Friday for Greek town wrestling. And then I was in Toronto for T- at Ted Reeve Arena, but not real Ted Reeve Arena, like other Ted Reeve Arena for Greek town wrestling. And then Sunday I went and checked out Destiny Wrestling. It was a wrestling filled week.
2: I was and gonna say, dude, you went off on it, eh?
1: Then didn't go to Raw.
0: <laughs> <laughs> then I did not go to Monday Night Raw. No. Um, I used to say you'd have to pay me to go to Monday Night Raw. Like, there's no way I'm going to like buy a ticket to that show. Like, I don't even watch the show on TV. Like, why would I like no. willingly pay money to go sit in the arena where I cannot change the channel?
1: Shout out to but, uh, Johnny Gargano, though. You know.
0: Well, that's the thing. Like, it, since Triple H has taken over, Raw has been significantly better. Like, there's a lot of little things that they're doing that just makes the show seem more exciting. And like, yep. there's always just something going on. More like, questions than like, answers. Pre-tapes in the back now like they're doing an interview with somebody and like off in the back, like you don't even notice it. Things are happening. You can see like other characters on the show interacting with each other, doing something. And it's like setting a seed for something else that's happening later. Well, maybe it is or it's not.
1: Yeah. Maybe it is, or maybe it's not like sometimes. And that's the thing. There's more questions than answers, which is always the key to a good wrestling program is, you know, you're, you're constantly, you're giving an answer, but then you're replacing that answer with a question. You know and,
0: and it's it just constantly gives you this feeling of like chaos like like this show is just off the rails and which it should be stuff like if you time. think about yeah, it like
1: it, wrestling should not be organized right like like for, like I mean it should well, be in, in a sense yes because they're competing yeah. but at the end of the day like you have a bunch of guys who have to sit around an arena like a roster of at least 30 40 guys none of them should like each other right so like you know it's it's very there should be always something fucked up happening, right? Like that should be kind of the the thing. And I mean, that ebbs and flows into like really fucked up versus minor fucked up. But like, so like Dexter Loomis is an example. Like it went from minor right. fucked up to really fucked up, right? Like he abducted somebody. <laughs> like That's...
0: <laughs> yeah, I sure did.
1: <laughs> right? Like that's really fucked up rather than just trying to jump over the rail, which is, again, the build, right? More questions than answers. So, but yeah, shout out to Johnny Gargano. That guy kicked me in the face once.
0: Yes, he did. Uh, That was really cool. I wasn't expecting to see that, and I'm happy for him, because I think this is probably the best place for him. I I think if he went anywhere else, he probably would have been used properly.
1: The best place, given the current situation. Sure. Yeah. I mean,
0: that's a whole thing.
1: Two months ago, (laughs) not the best place. Which we don't have time
0: to talk about, but oh boy, is is that ever something going on there but yeah. you know that's just the world of professional wrestling there's always some sort of political thing going on here and there and i'll tell you what it was a lot of fun this weekend though with greek town wrestling and man is eddie kingston a cool dude
1: i've heard he's really fucking cool here it's you want to hear he's you want to hear a quick uh quick smash story about eddie kingston okay real quick i can share these i didn't sign no nda um so um when we were looking for a uh, faction leader to take out Matt cross in the title, uh, Eddie Kingston was on the list and I had contacted him and he was down, he was ready to go. And then the powers that be in Titan towers <laughs> just right. like just decided against it. And then just like never fought like and ghosted the guy, like left the man on red. Like, and I was like, come on, <laughs> the fucking guy is down. And the, the dude is the type of guy that can sell tickets with a promo. Like, he's, like he can sell just, you know, just through words, right? And it would have been really cool. And I would have thought him and Tarek would have had a great dynamic. I mean, it shook down very well. But, I mean, imagine in the world that would have been in an alternate universe, um, how much extra noise. Like, How it went down made noise, but how much extra noise would have been made? Because Eddie would probably just go places and just say shit, which creates buzz for you, right? So, yeah, small story. But I've heard he's a cool dude.
0: Yeah, really cool dude. But yeah, he definitely is the type of guy that'll create buzz everywhere he goes. And something that created a bunch of buzz around the world of baseball this week was the situation in Oakland, California. So let's set the stage here. The Oakland Athletics have probably the worst attendance in the league this year. I could look up the numbers. I don't really need to. If, if they're not the worst, they're the second worst. And by worst, it's bad. It's like maybe at the most less than 5,000 people per game. And we're talking about not just a baseball stadium, but it's also shared as a football stadium. So it's a very, very large building.
2: Not anymore.
0: So (laughs) when you have that large amount of space, uh, the fans can spread out quite a bit. So there's this video rolling around uh, the interwebs the past few days of a young man, presumably young. It was a very, the video was taken from very far away, but it was of what appeared to be a young man and what appeared to be a young woman in the very top row up in the corner of this massive football-slash-baseball stadium.
1: Which would be like the 500 level at Rogers, right?
0: The equivalent of, yeah, the 500 level up in the Rogers Center. And it's difficult to make out exactly what's happening because, again, the video is very far away and you see two small individuals because, I mean, perception. But it appears that this uh, young man... Had something wrong with the zipper of his pants. So the person that was with him on this particular day was trying to fix the zipper with their teeth. (laughs) That's what appeared to be from that's what appeared to have happened from my vantage point in that video. So the question now is
1: (laughs) What is (laughs) the question?
0: The question is, uh, how much trouble do you think this guy should get into?
1: Zero. zero.
0: This guy and, this guy and uh, the other person, I, I None. Don't
2: know. Zero. You should get an award, key to the city of Oakland. Yeah,
1: zero. Um, yeah. If this anything, dude, I mean, if I'm this Oakland, I'm using this to sell tickets, which, yeah, <laughs> which consequence, like consequentially, consequentially, I don't know what that word is. Consequently? Um, I don't know, man. Consequentially, I don't know. Sure. <laughs> sure, you guys know what I'm trying to say. Fuck it. This isn't an English podcast. Um, the uh, the more people that buy tickets, the less you could probably get away with this. Um, so, yeah, no, man. It's no different than getting the blowy in the back of the theater, right? Yeah. Like, and to be honest, what else are you going to do in an A's game? Watch the team?
0: That's the sad state of affairs for the Oakland A's, though. Where it's like it's that bad, like the team is bad, sure, but the fact that you have like, like you're comfortable enough to do that because there's literally no one around you.
2: Oh no! Like at first, I th- I was like, "What's this guy doing?" And I had to it's repeated watches to understand what was going on, and then I finally caught on. <laughs> they should do a blowy night in Oakland. <laughs>
1: blowy nights. <laughs> They only only sell 50 tickets, and then you just spread yourselves out amongst the the stadium. I mean, you'd be more tickets than they've sold so far. People there probably got them for free. Yeah.
2: But, like, you sell, like, 100 tickets. I wonder if they met there.
1: What? I wonder if they met there, and in mutual boredom, (laughs) they were like, (laughs) she was just like, hey. You want to ask my D? (laughs) She's like, hey, can I suck your dick? Really? Yeah. This game sucks. I might as well, too.
2: But, like, did she... Do you think she approached him, or did he approach her? I mean, if they went there together, I imagine it's... Uh, it's no, but, a, like, whose idea was it? Like, if they went together... Oh, his. He's like,
1: For sure. Think so? For sure. Yeah. No, I, I, th-
0: I think it was her idea.
1: What? Really?
0: Yeah. Okay. A. Typically, generally, um, on average, women like sports less than men. So she was okay. probably bored out of her mind to begin with. Yeah. And secondly, had she not been like into that sort of thing. It wouldn't happen. He would never have asked or he would be like fucking walking home.
1: <laughs> yeah. But it's guys right? who cut the hole out of the popcorn back in the day.
0: That's not even a thing. I feel like that's the thing. Like people yeah, would no. joke about when we were kids. Like no one's putting their, you know, their unit in. Salty butter. Butter. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like your your bag of popcorn is gonna have it's gonna be warm and it's gonna be covered in
1: butter <laughs> and salt. What what if it started <laughs> What if it started as a guy dropping his wang in a hot dog bun and <laughs> he was just like <laughs> he's just like, yo, I got you a hot dog. <laughs> She just really like know. she goes to grab it. <laughs> she's like, "Oh!" and it just goes from there. Like it's just a shitty porno. Like it's just. <laughs> what I mean, normally if... <laughs> when
0: something like this happens, <laughs> dude? What if, what if
1: you put it in a foot long butt and it didn't fit? It was too small. <laughs> <laughs> that's what because it's Oh man. Imagine how embarrassing that would be. You're just like, I'm gonna I'm gonna put my dick in this hot dog button.
2: Right it's like it makes it halfway
1: down the butt. But you would know he tears, like, he tears the top off you, the butt.
0: You're the owner of this thing. Like you're not gonna say like, oh, grab me a foot long bun. Like you know what size buns you need. What if they only have foot
1: longs and you just tear the That's top off? True. You just tear the top of Grandview
0: Park. Has normal hot dog buns. And, and. If you're
1: at Rogers, you go down to the $5 thing. You just like, I need one of these, please. Yes. Oh, you
0: can
2: eat hot dog night.
0: Dude, you just buy the hot dog and you take out the wiener.
2: <laughs> and put the wiener in.
0: And you repurpose the bun. <laughs> oh, you're going
2: to say repurpose the wiener.
0: <laughs> Either way. Oh, man. That's uh, funny. But normally, uh, if oh. you were caught doing something like this, you would be like obviously th- uh, thrown out of the game and you would be banned from ever entering again. Do you think the Oakland A's would actually ban this guy? Cause like they need the ticket no,
2: sales. They <laughs> need publicity the publicity they've yeah. had positive publicity they've had in how long.
1: Yeah. And, like, and to be honest, like there's stories of people banging at the Rogers center sky dome in the hotel windows. Like, Oh yeah. Like, but what's, okay, stories, so what's like the case? That
2: happened. That, that's a real thing. Yeah. It's yeah. not a story. And it's like often.
1: Yeah. But like, What's the difference that like because that's a hotel room technically that's a private room right so like they can't get in trouble for that can they
0: there's got to be something in the agreement of that hotel
1: like
2: when you when you purchase the room for however period of time you're there there's probably some you know disclaimer or footnote in the fine print that says you will not do anything when a
1: game is played that could be deemed as the absolute dream is bottom of the ninth, two out, full count, tie game, runner on second, Jays up to bat, and home run to win the World Series, and you finish at the same time. That's the dream. <laughs> That's the dream. Just, ah, we're
2: winners. Yeah, World, World Series.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> right? What kind of a hero moment would that be, though, eh? Like that's the things legends are made of. Like that's a moment that has to be one in a million. If something like that were to happen,
0: maybe that's what this guy was doing. Like he was watching the game and he wanted to see the Oakland A's win while he, uh, you know,
2: solidified his moment. He crosses
1: the finish line. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't know (laughs) at what point in the game this was at. So, uh, I imagine it was warm up first three (laughs) innings. It's already
2: bored. (laughs) Yeah, he's just no guy's hitting him out of the park during batting practice. He's like, "Fuck
1: Fuck this!" Yeah, come here. That's funny though.
2: Now, uh, you know, I there's so many stories though. Yeah, like Jim said, like there's Rogers Center. I'm sure. Well, the movies
1: are notorious for it, right? Movie theaters are notorious. The Calgary Stampede. Stampede. Yeah, notorious. Dude, the most sexually transmitted disease happens at the Calgary Stampede. It's a fucking. most births are mon- nine months later. Yeah. So like there's, I don't know.
2: Uh,
0: well, but I that's not understand at that the stampede. because nothing happens in Calgary. So like when the stampede rolls through, that's like where all the people go.
1: The Olympics are bad for it. Like the Olympics, like the they just well, hand out condoms. All the athletes just, there's so much hormones going around, right?
2: Well, just think when you're in like with all these athletes that are in peak physical condition, and they can't, they just got to relieve some stress or like when they're done their event and they're celebrating or they've been so focused and trying to achieve this goal and they're just like, I got to bang this out. Yeah, You know what happens. Well, I know. I remember what which games was it that was here, the Commonwealth Games, like in 2015 or 2016 or some shit.
0: Yep. That sounds right. Yeah. No, Pan, Am Am Pan Am, like Am games. The Pan
2: Am games. Pan Am. Yeah, and they played out of York and shit. Like, the crap that went on. <clears throat> like, the the Commonwealth villages were a party when it was here. It was nuts.
0: Well, speaking of uh, putting a wiener in your mouth, <laughs> there was also another video that was uh, swirling around the interwebs the past couple days, and this one is... I think less controversial in some ways, but more controversial in other ways. So if you're not familiar with what I'm talking about, I think James is gonna try to pull it up in. Um, So this gentleman has a hot dog. And then at some point you see him Have you not seen this video before, James? You're reacting like you're...
1: No, I did. It's different when you see it up close. (laughs) Not a big monitor. (laughs) Um,
0: So if you haven't seen this video, my man has a hot dog, like an actual, like, you know, a wiener in his hand. And he then takes out a straw. Like, I don't know exactly where the straw came from, it must have came from another drink that he had. But at the same time, I don't know, because he's drinking beer. Right? So it's not like he would have been given this straw. And it was also like a blue or like teal straw. So I wonder if he has this straw, like he brought the straw with him. Like Like this this is a common
2: occurrence for him? It has to be.
0: This guy was a pro what he was doing. Well, I'm trying to find out quick.
1: Okay, so he so here's the thing. So So he pulls out the straw and he pokes the hot dog. Hang on. I understand where it starts again. I know you guys can't see this. With right, so he has a straw and then he puts it in the hot dog and then he sucks the straw and then he puts it in the other end. So
0: so he can't like poke right through it. So he again, this guy's a seasoned pro. He's like poking. He's done this before and he extracts everything that's in it and then sucks out the innards.
1: Ooh, yeah. Ooh, maybe that's what you. And then you can see shit floating in the beer. Well, of course he's putting up, Okay, so
0: (laughs) we're yeah. Let's get to that point. And he's in Jordans. So essentially what he's doing, he's hollowing out the middle of this ballpark frank <laughs> with a straw. And then taking this uh meat casing that now has a hole in it, and is dropping it in his beer, and then proceeds to suck on the wiener and presumably drink the beer. Like I guess I can't really see the beer go down his throat, but he is using but he's done this a hot dog as a straw okay so my question to you is now this man i don't know i can't see his face i don't know what you know what this man does for a living i don't know what's going on in his life he's got jordans that's what i was just gonna say the man's wearing jordans Mm -hmm. like he's a member of society what uh
1: what do you okay so first of all i want to know the guy who recorded this great timing like how how did he pull out his phone he's like oh this is gonna happen
0: well, because I bet this guy was goofing around with like, they're probably looking at over at him and he had the bun or wh- who knows what happened to the bun in this. Or maybe this right? is the like third he one, this hot dog. Maybe. maybe this is his third. Maybe, maybe he's been doing this. all night. Maybe yeah. it's the seventh inning and the man's already downed like two beer dogs. But at some point he would have discarded the bun or maybe he ate the bun. Maybe they're looking over and like, why is this man eating just the bun? And like, he's some sort of, six year old child who's eating a McChicken and doesn't want to like eat it all together so she just eats the the bread and then the McChicken nugget
1: after that. So okay, so here's the question. Is this a try or a don't try? Absolutely not. You don't try that.
0: <laughs> I don't, <like, laughs> don't want to try that. You don't try <laughs> that. I kinda wanna try it. I
1: would never do it in public. I No, think I that's... do it at home. I don't want to be seen i don't want to be seen in case i like it (laughs) it
2: depends it depends like if my outfit and my gear is on point i'll do it in public because people gotta see but like if this is just me and you know my comfy shorts in at-home attire absolutely not like i don't want people
0: to do this in public than you would at home no like
2: i would do it at home yeah but i'm just saying like it depends on like what i'm wearing at the time okay like if i was wearing some like the dior jordans and i was in public and that was like my only opportunity to ever try that then yeah i would do it but like if i was just in like bullshit shoes i'd be like fuck it no
1: they're not paying you like nike's not paying you (laughs) like this is not this is not a a chance for just do it (laughs) just just make your hot dog straw that's uh like
2: i remember doing this with twizzlers yeah i, do I was this a with, kid
1: Yeah, twizzlers and coke
2: yeah what? like i remember that or like, like i'll be the first dude to say i like dill pickles on a peanut butter sandwich it's great
1: i it love it good. dill pickles so, like, yeah it's great toast you toast us toast the yeah, i can't i toast the can't the bread. i've ever done that toast the bread yeah. butter peanut butter, pickles, go to town.
0: Oh, you're putting butter and peanut butter?
1: Yeah. And then pickles. No. It's great.
0: No, I know a lot of I know a lot of British people do that where they put butter on their bread and then they put the peanut butter. Yeah. It's I wondering.
1: used to do that. Just put it's the w- peanut butter. No, it's wonderful. I it's used it. to
2: because it used to get stuck to the roof of my mouth when I was a kid and it would freak me out, so my mom started putting butter on the bread cuz it helped stop the peanut butter from getting stuck to the roof of my mouth.
1: My my like weird fucked up food is uh You know, you take a crumpet and then you put butter on it and then Caesar salad dressing. And it's fucking fantastic. That's not
2: that crazy, though. No? No. Like, what about, remember the broad that dipped her chicky tendies in the Coke and she got caught on camera at a basketball game or something or a baseball game or some shit? You don't remember her?
0: That sounds familiar. And then As she you're... like
2: realized that she was on camera, and she got like really embarrassed, and she like put the chicken tender down, and she just kind of smiled and waved at the camera.
0: That sounds very familiar, actually. I do remember
2: this. Yeah, like or <clears throat>
0: that's not a tra- strange though.
2: Well, like it, I don't know if you think about it, like if you're gonna take a bite of your hot dog and then a sip of your beer, isn't that just the same thing?
0: No, that, we can't go down this road because there's so many things that you. Eat separately that aren't designed to be eaten together. It's like I'm gonna have breakfast, okay, and I'm gonna have a glass of milk with my breakfast. All right, so I might as well dip my bacon in my milk then. Like, what's the difference? Bacon and milk. I'm just saying it's the same comparison of like, well, I'm gonna eat it anyways. It's like, yeah, we eat a lot of things. Yeah, but some things just don't go together.
2: Bacon and sweet things do go to good together.
0: So you're you're telling me right now you're gonna dip your <laughs> bacon in your milk next time you have breakfast?
2: If it was chocolate milk, yeah,
0: chocolate milk. Now this is this is getting up this is getting this is getting crazy. This is no. like some sort of, this is like a brainstorming session for the ex and their food.
2: Why do I feel like <laughs> Dustin's that one dude who has never tried dipping his fries in a frosty and then yells at everyone else who's done no, he it? He hates and it. Loves
1: it. You're the one who hates it, aren't you? I
0: don't hate it. I've I've done it when I was a kid. Like terracate all kids I think, I think, all, kids, I think all kids did it. When I mean, we were I mean, one time, we were at the place.
1: Know. One time, we were at that so place. I, watch him. I don't know what he's up to. <laughs> in in Whippy, you know that place uh, on Consumers Road in Whippy, where they have the Wendy's and the New York fries and the the stop. We were there one yep. day on the way somewhere. I forget where we were going. And you're I had probably going fr- to
0: a wrestling show in Oshawa,
1: Ontario. You're right. That's true. And I dipped my fries and frosties. What the fuck is up with you, man? I'm like, dude, it's good. Try. It. He's like, no, you're fucking crazy. And like five other people there were like it's good. He's like Dude, it's fucking gross. To this day. It's the whole sweet and salty thing. Yeah.
0: I wouldn't say it's gross. I mean, I'm going go like, to go after the when show. I was a kid.
1: <laughs> but I, I wouldn't do it again as an adult. What? The fuck's wrong? Okay, so if, there's nothing you eat that's fucked up? There's nothing you eat that's like that's weird. I like
2: doing a handful of glossettes and a handful of popcorn when I'm at the movie theater, like chocolate-covered raisins and popcorn. It's awesome.
0: I think I just have too refined of a palate. I don't know. No, yeah, that's it. I honestly I can't think of anything that I eat that's weird. You that's don't put the, like po- potato chips dish. in
1: your ham sandwich. We used to salt and vinegar potato chips in your ham yes. and mustard sandwich on the ham
0: sandwich. Okay, so again, that's another British thing that my parents did at one point. They always like. I remember we used to go to Ontario Place and we would have lunch like in a. Co- we had like sandwiches in a cooler, so like it was lunchtime. We left the park, went
1: to our car, so we did and ate that too. Sandwiches. We did that, too, at Wonderland. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we did that at Wonderland, too. But I'm just envisioning that parking lot at uh, Ontario Place. But I always remember them taking chips and putting it in their sandwich. And the sandwich was like a ham sandwich or something. So
1: sometimes I think this is now... Look, I'm going to have to switch this now. Sometimes. That's That's not inherently weird, though. Sometimes I think, though, now, like, when I take my kid to Wonderland, I'll, like, buy her lunch there and myself lunch. And then I think back to when I was a kid and, like... They bought. I'm like, am I richer than my parents? Like, I start thinking like,
2: no, we're we're just dumber. That's we're it. just, we're just uh, more irresponsible with our money. Yeah,
1: we're just way more
2: irresponsible. Because so. you also got to remember, <clears throat> our parents owned houses when that's they were true. like 27.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's but also the houses were also twenty seven thousand dollars.
2: <laughs> Yo, real talk. My grandparents bought their house. This is in like Young and Finchish type area in the residential suburb area. Back in nineteen fifty nine, for sixteen thousand dollars,
0: <laughs> buddy. You can't. You can't get a used car for sixteen thousand dollars.
1: No, you can't. Dude,
2: like, the prices not, of used
1: cars have gone up too. It's fucking it's crazy. crazy.
2: I you know, yeah. I could probably make some serious money off my twenty fifteen Civic. A hundred percent. Make
1: could money. probably
2: no. Like what'll happen is, I if I sold it privately. I could probably get less than what a dealer would get for it but more than what the blue book value of it is Mm. it'd be like a happy medium but gross foods i digress gross foods no like there's some that i just will not touch
1: anything with beans really in it i don't like beans i don't like the thing is i don't think i could bring any of the things that i eat like that to a game Like, he, he, like, mashed two things. I don't think there's anything at a game that I could create, you know? Like, I don't, you know, I don't think there's anything.
0: This thing is so crazy and off the wall. Like, there probably is another example, but, like, we're not in the, like, the (laughs) we're not in the right brain mind to figure that out right now. We're not on the right
2: 4chan sub-channel for it. (laughs)
0: I'm sure, there's yeah. Like, there's got to be something. Like, I imagine... Like the example you're using with the fries and the frosty, like you could just get the little, you know, Blue Jays helmet full of soft serve and then go get a plate of fries and dip away.
2: Yeah. Not the same.
0: I know it's not the same, but it's it's Dude, you every time you bring
1: that up, it's another inch closer that I'm going to Wendy's after the show. No, you're not. Don't do it. Uh,
0: Honestly, man, Wendy's is pretty great.
2: Yeah, I will say on the ranking of fast food burgers, McDonald's doesn't hit top two. Okay, hold on a minute. So, hey, this is, no, this has got to be a top down. five
1: another day. No, this can't yeah, be. So I'm saying,
0: like, I need to, I need to write this down for top five fast Next food. Next week? I mean, it can't week? be. Top yeah, five well, fast food. Uh So, do you want to do fast food restaurants? Or do you want to do fast food items? Or, I don't know. I'm just going to write fast food something.
2: I would say if we do restaurants, we have to keep it to like big, chains. Big chains. It can't yes, be I like, I want fucking johnny's uh yeah you know, Jack jackassers
0: <laughs> Jack <Astor's> pan bread <laughs> like yeah raw. no that doesn't
2: fucking count it has to be like the big chains could be like a mary brown's popeyes mcdonald's burger king wendy's shit like that yeah, i think I'm, I'm, I, items would be easier and items no would variety. allow you to
1: pick multiple things from a restaurant which makes it way yeah. more difficult okay yeah.
0: <clears throat> we'll, we'll, we'll discuss that because i think that would be a huge topic of conversation because i oh, think there's gonna be some heated um opinions there
1: oh
2: 100 i already know one of the ones jim's gonna pick and it pisses me off as it is
0: i mean we've already gone down the road of the uh dipping sauces for the chicken nuggies
1: Which yeah everyone was wrong. but
0: okay maybe we'll talk about that next week in crown and undisputed champion of fast food but in the meantime we did crown an undisputed champion in world juniors hockey and that of course is team canada and i know in recent years they haven't been as successful as they have been normally it almost seems like it's just expected for them to medal in the world juniors considering you know of however many years they've been doing this canada has like 34 medals <laughs> it's like 19 gold and 10 silver and five bronze it's the next closest team to have like to their 19 gold is the united states with five
1: <laughs> so the numbers are stupid which all yeah, came in the last but like post two thousands, I believe.
0: Right, like Canada's just been sign just been dominant for very oh, okay, you know what, I take I say a lie. Because the United States did five, Russia did four, but the Soviet Union did eight. So in fairness, we'll say Russia had twelve mm-hmm. gold medals, but even then there's still seven short of Canada. I didn't watch this game because it's still weird to me. Well, first of all, it happened over the weekend when I was in my wrestling weekend, so I was away at some point. And it's, I don't know about you guys, but I think it's strange for this tournament to be happening in August. It's nice. I'm not saying it's not nice, but like, it's weird because this tournament normally happens on Boxing Day and goes through to the New Year holiday. And now it's just, you know, an afterthought almost. But, holy hell, was that like possibly the best game-saving effort you've ever seen in a game. Like, we're not just, you know, so if you haven't seen it, it was... um,
1: Mason McTavish.
0: It was uh, Mason McTavish who cleared the puck off the line. But it wasn't like he cleared the puck off the line. The puck was in the air, and it was in overtime, and it would have been the game-winner. And not just the game-winner, but the gold medal-winner that he saved off the line in middle in midair. And he also happens to be the captain of the team. Like, I, that might be... I don't think you can recreate that in a dream. Like, if, if someone was writing this story, th- there would be an editor's room that said, nope, that's too ridiculous. Like, let's take one more element away from that, you know? Like, maybe it should be a diving play instead of him batting the puck out. Or maybe it should be uh, earlier in the game. Or maybe it shouldn't be, like, the actual... Moment at the end of the movie, maybe it should have happened earlier in the movie. Whatever the case, like this would never get past the, the writers.
1: The room. only way that would have been more unbelievable is if there was a guy and a chick in the last row, and as he bats <laughs> the puck out of the air, he's just like, "Yes." Tom. Tom. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Honestly, though, like <clears throat> it's unreal. Especially because, I mean, you do. I, I guess I, I'm not sure. If, like you said, how much of you you watch or if picking up on highlights after your busy wrestling weekend? But he cost that three on one. Like it was his play that cost the three on one. And what? It, what's the number one rule of who's the fastest skater on the ice, gym? The yeah, the who one who away. caused the
1: the issue. Yeah, exactly. Dude.
2: And he got back. You know, he didn't give up on the play. A lot of guys probably would have made an effort but would have been resigned to the game's over and got back pucks floating in midair bats it down doesn't just bat it down but it goes onto the line and is bobbling there and then he swipes it away and then i th- think it's like right
1: after they move the puck up guys change and game what about what know? about the and, patience though on Kent Johnson like the well, and the second often, effort. Yeah, how often do guys just one-tap that puck to the <clears throat> net? Yeah, and they, and they turn and they peel, right? Like, guys will, yeah. will peel thinking the play is going the other way. It takes a certain kind of player to keep, like, either to slow down to stay in the play because either they've gone past the net or they're starting to peel and turn and go the other way. Um, so it takes, like, you have to have a certain commitment to, to the play and the, the understanding that, that there are second chances. Like not, I think if that was an older thing uh, that would happen is a lot of the, like you don't see that as much in, in today's game. Guys who kind of plant themselves like there because, I mean, hypothetically, if you get caught the other way, you're, you're starting from nothing. But um, they're crazy. Like the the, yeah. the toe drag and the, even the, the pass. Well, I, that's what I was going to say is
2: the pass that was made and... Shit, I forget his name. Um, Stan Coven. How he's... He made... like So there's a couple things on the play. One, the lack of awareness of the Finnish defenseman to realize there's a Canadian player coming in and to overcommit on Stan Coven like that when kent johnson's coming down on the open side like that two is when the finished defenseman takes takes the player with the puck a lot of the time the guy would get shoved and like you said it's okay if you don't want to risk the puck turning over especially there if he already knows johnson's with him that puck goes the other way or you fan on that it's another three on one the other way and surviving a second three on one is very unlikely especially in overtime with tired guys so to have the wherewithal to stop, turn around, and take a quick look and throw a backhand pass like that to Kent Johnson like that was nuts. Ballsy. Oh, yeah. It was – I just I, – I, I watched the game, and it's one of those things where that might go on collectively both the McTavish save of the game into the play that leads to the goal – um, it might go down as one of like the coolest like top ten international hockey moments for like the men. I mean, I've it's up there enough. with
1: it's up there with Everly. Yeah, Russia missing the open net, and
2: yeah. then
1: it going the other way. <clears throat> or I always think of this one
2: is fucking Patrick Steffen. Do yeah, you remember that shit?
0: Of course. How can you forget where he had the breakaway on the empty net and missed the net? and the puck went the other way. He slipped, court. didn't he? He slipped on the breakaway,
2: fell yeah. behind no, the net. after, I then... think, didn't he? <clears> no, like, yeah, he missed the net, and then he turned around in panic, and he slipped. Right. <laughs> and then, was it Alish Hemsky? Alish Hemsky and Sean Horkoff. Goddamn. And that, wasn't that in the playoff?
0: I mean, it very well could have been, because I feel like the game ended once the shot happened, right?
2: Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was an
1: overtime.
0: But yeah, or it was to tie it. Game.
1: I think it was to tie it. Yeah, it so went right. the other I don't way. Think that, yeah, that's a good because it was empty neck.
0: Yeah,
2: that makes no. sense. Patrick Stefan, and he was a high draft pick, too. Number one, buddy. He's first overall. <laughs> yeah, but that's like uh, arguably one of the biggest boss in history. I don't know about that. There's, no, no, there's got there's... to be guys who
0: played less NHL games than he did. Like, he was still an NHL player.
2: Well, who is
0: Alexander I... Dagg?
2: <laughs> yeah, I was going to Alexander Dagg. Neil Yakupov.
1: Yeah.
0: <clears throat> yeah, so there's been some bad ones. I know we like to beat up on Stefan because he had that, you know, embarrassing moment, but he still had a decent NHL career.
2: Yeah, I'm watching it now. And it, the what I'm watching is Marty Turco um, talk about let it, being in net for that goal. Probably losing, losing his, his goalie, Losing his mind. Oh, he was just like,
1: he had just said, I could not believe what just happened. I would imagine that. I think Dallas still won the series, but like still.
2: Yeah. I, you know what though? That's man. That was a different time in hockey, man. That was, that was crazy time, but yeah, that, oh man, I'm just thinking of that. That's kind of one of those, those moments that kind of stay with you, but Man, I I, kind of like the juniors in August, man. I'm not going to lie. I know Christmas tradition, especially I'm not sure how like much you watch it during Christmas there, Dustin. But I know for us, it's like a family affair. We go to my dad's.
0: Yeah, go ahead. I was just say, I always watch it.
2: Yeah, we go to my dad's and it's like my brother's there. I'm there a lot of the time. It's, you know, my uncle or my cousin might be there. And you know the wifey's there. Jim, you know, remembers all of this for years. And as much as I like it around Christmas and it's cool, it's just it's kind of like a cool taste test for going into the NHL season.
1: I think it's a cool hockey stopgap when there's no hockey, right? Like yeah, the juniors happens usually just the holiday break when there's no hockey, but that holiday break is a lot shorter than the summer. Um, and guys have to be pulled out of their their teams, their regular season crap to do this. So I don't. I think it actually makes more sense here, but I get why it's in the no. Winter. I would.
0: I would definitely agree. that probably logistic. Well, not necessarily mm. logistically, but in terms of the players and not having to take a break from their team. And at least from a viewer perspective, it makes a lot of sense to have it now when there isn't hockey happening.
2: Also like patio juniors, man. Like that's, it was kind of cool.
0: That's a great point too. Like being able to sit outside and watch a hockey game is a cool novel concept as well. Yeah. Now, pe- now people down South might be like, well, we watch, you know, Tampa Bay Lightning games as if anyone watches, you know, hockey in Florida. But you get the idea. Like people in Southern United States have that ability to all year round, sit outside and watch a
2: game. But up, we get, we up get up, like you know, two the, months of patio weather to minutes. sit out.
1: <laughs> you have two minutes. <laughs> right?
2: and really only until like 10:30 at night because even during the summer 10:30 at night here it gets fucking cold some nights in august yeah, so all bugs come out yeah but i i like it um i i think the only thing and this doesn't really matter because whether you play it at christmas or in august the concern is still there that guys could get hurt which i get it cuz they're going to go right into training camp in like 2 weeks Right. So yeah, would you rather guys, have
1: them hurt into
2: training camp or hurt into midseason? Like, and that's the thing is if a guy like Mason McTavish is putting up 10 goals and 15 assists by Christmas and he goes off to the juniors, although that would never happen if he's putting up those numbers in a rookie season. But hypothetically, if he does Anaheim's not going to want him to go, <clears throat> they're going to be worried, scared shitless that the dude's going to get injured. Um, the one other crazy thing about this though, 11 of these players can come back in December. Eleven, like Connor Bedard, Mason McTavish, you know the two figureheads of this team, arguably can come back in four or five months
1: and do this again. Imagine winning in five in six months. Sorry. Imagine winning two medals in six months. Yeah. Imagine
2: winning two junior golds in six months. But, I mean. Like I said, I liked it. I thought it was kind of cool. It'd be nice to see if maybe they kind of look at transitioning it. You know, but TSM would never let that happen. (laughs) Yeah, I don't. It's too much of the ratings alone are more
0: valuable in December than it would be in. In August, because like, as you just mentioned, like your whole family gets around. You're all going to be together for Christmas. All live sports
1: homes. All live sports is done in that period.
0: Yeah, the amount of homes watching that game or those games during that time is is astronomical compared to anything that airs on a sports network in August.
2: Yeah, and you're not competing with, again, in the States with things like baseball. You're not competing with the lead up to the NFL. Like, I, it's not lost on me that NFL preseason does better numbers than NHL games, I'm sure. Than the Stanley Cup, in, probably. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, you know, you're not competing with shit like that, right?
0: No. And we would like to congratulate our Canadian juniors for yet another championship. And we expect to see another world championship uh, this next coming one. January. Before you move but, on, sorry. So just before
2: ahead. you move on, it's one thing you did say leading up to that. And it's, I, it's probably a topic we can discuss as we get to the next juniors. I think it would be good. But to think that these kids the expectation and their kids like these they're 17 18 you know they have no idea how the world works yet sometimes yeah and the amount of expectation that it's not just you know you're going there and you're going to compete for you know you're like a us or you're finland or sweden where they're going to say you're going to go in there and you're going to be you know in the top four or five to compete for a medal it's in this country it's gold or bust like if you get silver that's a failure and for those kids to be able to wade through that pressure playing at home in edmonton and then having to do this again in halifax and kind of block out the noise and things like that especially with everything going on with hockey canada right now like good on those guys well so, i mean
1: they only had to block out the noise in one game it's not <laughs> like anyone fucking attended the others
2: so <laughs> i know they, they t- well that's also too because they wanted primetime games and you know, seven o'clock for Canada, and it's four o'clock in Edmonton, and you know people can't make it. So, yeah, you yeah. It. A
0: lot of those games look like it was a Arizona Coyotes game. <clears throat> and we, <laughs> I mean, I don't want to. Talk, I don't. I kind of want to talk about the mullet thing, but I'm not, let's not go there. Um Briefly, the new name of the stadium for the Coyotes is the Mullet Stadium or something, and
2: Mullet Arena. What?
0: Yeah, mullet arena, whatever. Uh, that's a topic <laughs> for another day. But um, what did happen over the last week that I think is worth talking about is something that we hypothesized on this very show, something that James called out and said, you know what? I think Nazim Kadri would fit in very well with the Calgary Flames. And lo and behold, because I know Nazim Kadri listens to this show. So what's up, Naz? And I bet he heard James Key say such a thing, and he said, you know what? That's a really good idea. Got on the phone to his agent. They made some calls. And next thing you know, seven years, $49 million for Nazem Kadri, making him the highest-paid player on the Calgary Flames as of right now, and at least in terms of cap hit. Obviously, next year when... um, Hubert O. contract... Begins, He will no longer be the highest paid player. But nevertheless, like, that's a significant piece to add to this Calgary Flames team. And then, of course, because of this move and their cap situation, they were already in. Sean Monaghan got shipped out to the Montreal Canadiens. And I know we, I mean, at least I hypothesized that maybe Milan Lucic was the guy going out the door. I didn't consider Monaghan. But they did essentially what we said they were going to do. <laughs> the Calgary Flames signed out of and they moved $6.25 million dollars somewhere else so they can fit Kadri under the book. So my question here is the Calgary Flames right now, are they better than last year's team or is the last, year's, last year's team better with Tachuk and uh, Johnny Hockey?
1: Well, first of all, I'd like to say that not only did we call Kadri and by we, I mean me um, <laughs> going to the Flames. Uh, we, I'm pretty sure we talked like that was the contract number that had been tossed around um, well, for the Islanders and I- stuff. Yeah, I like, think
2: I said the number of where what he'll probably sign for wherever he goes.
1: Yeah. So, um, yeah. No, I mean, the flame, the flames just made sense because they had, they had to replace what they lost, and Kadri gets to go back to Canada. Like I think there was, there's a lot to like about Calgary even sans kachuk and goudreau right like especially when you see huberto get there you're like okay huberto great distributor just like goudreau right bigger body but you know um also had a hard season um but then you look at goaltending markstrom hell of a goaltender you look at the other pieces they have up front right they've got a very stable group of forwards with Pane, um back like there's there's guys there Elias are, Lindholm man. Elias and Lindholm that are, is a stable core so yep. you're not you're not going into a mess Um, and you actually Lindholm's helped stabilize scored
0: 42 goals. <laughs> Lindholm scored 42 goals last season
1: right so you know and, and you look at a guy like Naz who probably has wanted the opportunity to be a more important player than he has been and this is kind of that chance, right? Like he was pretty important in Colorado, but he's even more important now in in Calgary. Like this is his this could be his legacy is is what he does in Calgary. Like they don't have to win a cup, but if he's an 85, 90 point player in Calgary, whew, Like do the opinions change on that guy, right? Like um I think they're different, but I think I think they're different but the same. Like, Weiger is not good Branson, but I think he's obviously more mobile. Um, and like I said, Huberto kind of replaces the playmaking of Goudreau. Naz kind of replaces the 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 dickheaded niche of Kachuk a little bit. Like they're both they're I, they actually kind of replaced the two guys with very similar players if you think about it.
2: Yeah, I just think I think the tough part is the age of Naz you know, when this contract's over, he'll be what, like 36 or older?
0: Oh, no, I I 100% agree with that. Like,
2: they're going to be paying for this contract five years from now. But right now... For the next three years, it's a great contract if he can stay healthy and keep his head on and not get tossed out in the playoffs. Um, You know, and I know that's a running joke sometimes with him, but at the same time, it's it happened twice with the Leafs and then the first year with Colorado. And so he had this year where
1: he and the Bennington.
2: Yeah. Oh, exactly. So it's just it's one of those things where you're just like if he can keep his head on, it's great for three maybe four years. But it's also very similar to Zach Hyman where come year five of that deal, it does not look good. Well especially Especially, guys who play that type of game right like they're not the same player. Five years from when they signed those deals. Well, this isn't a guy like Nylander who avoids contact. This is a guy who seeks contact and plays very heavily in front of the net.
1: And actively so. draws punishment. Like, his, mm-hmm. he draws penalties, right? Like, that's that's kind of what his gimmick is, is he's a shit disturber, right? And shit disturbers take punishment. So, you know, they dish it out, but they, they take it too. And, I mean... He's I think he's also going to be counted upon as a leader in Calgary, which is different than probably some of the other roles he's had. So I was wondering if his mentality changes. Daryl Sutter, like we're talking about a different coach like yeah the, like he play, but he plays a court. responsible defensive game. so like it's possible that he fits right in, you know I think I always thought it's here. a good fit.
0: I think it's a fantastic fit to be honest i like I I said
2: think. I like it for three years, but right.
0: But you know what? Anything can happen. But they win a cup in three years. No one gives a shit. They could, like, the CBA will expire between now and then, and then who knows? Like, they'll go into a lockout, and then when they come out of the lockout, uh, Kadri's contract may be up, or they may give teams (laughs) the ability to have that like free, you know, buyout period, like like the Leafs used for Dubovski and whatever. The two
2: buyouts. Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. So. There's ways that they can maneuver this. They could always trade him somewhere else as well. Like there's always a GM who's dumber than you are. They yeah like, they took they, Sean sure, Monahan
1: right, like Sean right, Monaghan. Like, they
0: dumped Monahan who could possibly never play a hockey game ever again in his life, coming off like hip surgery. So and that was six point two five million dollars. They just gave away to Montreal. Now they paid for it. Like obviously they gave up the draft picks to do that. But there's that uh, opportunity as well. Like by five, year six, year seven of this contract, yeah. there's a Cattie price making seven million dollars.
1: There's always a price you can pay to get yourself out of it, right? Like, and right. that's and so if they're willing to pay that, um, I find it interesting. Like, not to to go too much off topic here. I actually thought Montreal would have made sense for Kadri too, um, but they're in a world of what the fuck, Montreal, right? Like between price and money like acquiring, like I know they're acquiring guys Venture. to go on LTIR, <laughs> right? But like. They- you can you can have all the incremental cap relief you want, but now you you still don't have anyone that plays for you, right? They like have it's
0: twenty-two million dollars in injured reserve right now.
1: Well, Fuck.
2: who's gonna play defense for that team? What Montreal? Yeah, you got Jordan Harris. Oh yeah, who like
0: <laughs> exactly
2: who Megalol? No, but realistically, and I know everyone praised Kent Hughes and whatever for what he did at the draft and. Yeah, great job. Like, he did this, he did that. But it's arguably the same thing with baseball, albeit hockey's easier to prognosticate when it comes to prospects and things like that. But at this point, guys are still just prospects. You can draft all the guys you want. Boston had three straight first round picks Fuck that up. 13, 14, 15. They fucked up two of them. And then the Montreal, one guy doesn't want to play for them. Yeah. And Montreal,
1: Kakanyemi well, fucked it Montre- up.
0: Montreal is synonymous with whoever they draft in the first round won't be with the team two years from now. So it doesn't. I was roll. gonna say
1: since like twenty whatever the fuck, they haven't it's had Karen a price. They haven't had a first rounder that plays for them. And yes, but here's the thing: they have to be. It's it's a right now. It's a twelve round boxing match between Chicago and Montreal for Bedard. Like I think yeah. they both want that, and. Boy, can you imagine Gary Bettman well, <laughs> if Montreal gets well, the it, boner? The boner he'll have if Bedard goes to Montreal. No, he'll be pissed. The money that it'll make for the league. Yeah, but no, he wants to, the, no. He wants to grow that somewhere.
0: Yeah, the money is he would going. You'd have a bigger boner Montreal if he regardless. ended up in Phoenix. There's there's dudes in Montreal right now walk around with a Mike Hoffman jersey like they they are so happy and into Jeff every Petrie. player. Yeah, they they don't. They're happy to have the guys that they have, and they will spend boatloads of money on that team because the crest on the front means so much to them. Whereas it's the same as in Chicago,
1: we get excited about fucking everybody.
0: Hundred no, percent. Like I'm not I'm not like pejoratively saying that about Montreal fans. Like our Maple Leafs fans are the same way. I just mean like that market is so ingrained in hockey and so and loves that team so much it doesn't matter if they get a next superstar that next superstar needs to go to a city that needs to rebuild and and by rebuild i mean a team that needs to uplift the nhl and like a better montreal doesn't make the the nhl's numbers better a better chicago blackhawks will make the nhl's numbers better
1: which remember when the block blackhawks were shit. And like yeah. they were shit for so long, and they had zero attendance, and it's and, and then they got good and won cups, and then you, it's hard to remember when they were shit and had no attendance. But it's oh, gonna no, go they're, that they're, way they're
2: again. Belluccioli's days, and they were trash.
1: Right, and but it's gonna go that way again, and that's the thing. Like well, as much as Bettman probably wants to grow markets like Arizona, it probably way worse to have markets like Chicago falter. Right, well, like you have to keep that
2: up any of the original six are propping up the nhl for those for those six teams are probably propping up the bottom six teams for sure like toronto oh. does that on their own same with montreal in, they, yeah they're right. yeah but like so they you're right i in think the best case scenario would be bedard to go to seattle to be honest
0: yeah yeah i mean that's definitely a possibility An
2: expansion team they get a first overall pick it's Connor Badard who's they're doing decent business. Yeah, who's considered a potentially generational type player. You know, I think for them, for the league, that would be the best thing because you don't want a phenom of the level of Connor Bedard playing at a university stadium for his first three years. That might look you know what bad. I mean. That's not a good look. So I think they're resigned to say we'll tough out this Phoenix thing or Arizona thing for a few more years. But if it happens and Bedard goes to Seattle, they will be happy as a pig in shit.
0: I think, I I don't know, James, I think you did mention this. Like it was a boxing match between Montreal and Chicago to see who's going to get Bedard. Yeah. I think it could be Chicago because they're also flirting with trading away Patrick Kane. (laughs) And (laughs) also looking at (laughs) Chicago's draft picks this year. Like they, their first round, they have their first round and Tampa's first round. They have their first round and Tampa's second round. They have their fir- third round and Dallas's third round. <laughs> like they have six picks in the first three rounds. That's so, nuts. And then imagine if they do end up trading Patrick Kane, they're going to get a first round pick at least, right? So they could potentially have three first round picks in this draft. And even if they're not the worst team in the league, like they're at least saying we have you know 10% of the picks in the draft <laughs> like we have yeah. a very good chance of landing Connor Bedard so th- we w- just briefly talk about this cuz this came up in the Toronto news cycle and i don't believe it for a second but supposedly the maple leafs are in on patrick kane now if you read exactly what they said if you could interpret that differently where the headline kind of said like Kyle Dubas general manager of Toronto Maple Leafs has brief conversation with Blackhawks about Patrick Kane now that brief conversation could have been oh, wow, they're talking and they're going to talk more. Or the brief conversation was, hey, we want Austin Matthews in return. And he hung up the phone.
1: Hey, dude, So, what are you looking? What's it going to take to get Patrick Kane? I haven't really thought about that yet. Okay, call me. Like, that's the end of it. Like, that could be. That could also be it too. You
2: know. um, Yeah. And given the Leafs cap situation, to be honest, you would have to retain if you're Chicago. 100%. 50%
0: 50% percent. I mean, Yeah, by 100%, yeah. I, I, 100% I agree with yeah, you. Yeah, no, I <laughs> yes. nah, you. They could make 50%. it work with
1: 25. They could make it work with 25. Not okay, that you want them to. Okay, so to give you an
0: idea of numbers, uh, for those of you listening, um, Patrick Kane's making 10 point, or 10 million, let's call it 10 million to make life easy. I think it's 10 and a half million, but yeah. let's call it 10. If it, if like James is saying, 25% is retained, that's $7.5 million that's on a really loose cap. So then the question is, as you know, Maddie's bringing up Neilander, and I know I don't want to say Nealander's going, okay? This is ridiculous. If you ask me right now, would i rather have Patrick Kane or William Nielander? It's William Nielander. Like, hard stop. Like,
2: because Patrick how many, Kane. How many Stanley Cup career. winning goals has Mike Patrick William Nielander? Is him. at the end of his career. Patrick Kane also only has this year left on your contract, and then you get $8 million in cap space at the end of the season. Yes.
0: You would, but
2: Neander. Okay, the thing with okay, the thing with Neander. <laughs> hey,
1: he, he beat you. <laughs>
0: affordable. Neilander is an affordable contract, and for a team that is significantly dealing with cap issues, having a guy who can produce like he produces. I know everyone has criticisms for Neander, and they're warranted. But find me another guy like William Neander who's going to score the points that William Neander scores for six point nine million dollars. But here's and the he thing, you won't sure- find him. Here's thing, retains, and we've it's had this Patrick Kane. <laughs> it, had... it will still be more money for Pat, for Patrick Kane if they retain 25%. If they but... retain 50, I understand your point. But you also have Nylander
1: under control for another year at six point nine. So here's here's the thing. For all the reasons that you just said, make okay. and this is what we said before, it makes him valuable externally too, right? And yes, you can get multiple pieces in return. Like the the other hot rumor was Nylander to Arizona for Chikrin, right like you can weave that into pieces that make you better jacob chikarin makes this team better than with, like with him on it than willie Nylander does because we does don't need it? yes we don't yes. need more scoring chikarin's a number
2: defense no Chikrin, a number one defenseman <laughs> okay i mean right
1: who plays who plays and, a, a tougher game than the rest of the defensemen on this roster currently
2: and he's under contract for like four more years at 4.25 Yes. That I like. Right? That, that gets me. But you're literally, not. I am have not to get a new pair doing, of pants thinking about
1: and, it. And you're not just doing Nylander for Chickren. Like, that's not how it's going to go. No. It's going to be. Of course not. Bigger. It's right? Nylander plus. Like, Nylander it's prospect prospecting a pick. Nylander Hall, Chickren, and Barrett Hayden, maybe. Like, there's, there's ways. Barrett Hayden needs a contract. No, I know. But I'm just like, that's just a random name you're pulled out of nowhere.
2: Yeah.
0: Do you think it's possible they could get both done? No. So work, so work, so work with me here. What if it's Patrick Kane to the Maple Leafs, and going the other way is Alex Kerfoot, Justin Hall, a first, and Sandine? Do you think that package is enough for Chicago to say yes?
2: Potentially, because Kane's got one year left. And if he's deciding to move That's on or true. they know he's not going to resign, you take what you can get at that point And he'll have a fair amount of control of where he goes. So if he says, I want to go play with Matthews for this last season, then I think something like that can get it done. Now, if you're talking about doing both, you might be giving up too many assets in that deal to get Chickren done because the return for Chickren might be you Sandine might have to be part of that deal. That conversation may start with Sandine and expand from there.
1: To be honest, I actually think well, you, if you can do it that way and, and it's knee one for one for Chikrin, Now you have this, you're paring down of the overflow of things into better pieces. And the only problem is for all of that, for me is, is, is we're still not, we're still not fleshing out the roster, right? Like, well, if you do both, you are sort of, but I mean, I mean, from the forward group, my concern is still that like who plays with Tavares and, and Kane or bunting, like there was still nobody there, right? Well, no, because I don't want
0: to lose Nylander because it, well, you're going to see a massive hole in this line. No, that's what I'm Nylander's saying. But
1: that's what I'm saying. Who plays with Nylander and Tavares right now?
0: That's already an issue. Right. That's <laughs> right? what, yeah, right?
1: That's what yes. I'm saying. If you, but you could potentially parlay Nylander into two pieces or a, a hall and Kerfoot Nealander all three of them into multiple pieces that make you better. It's just a matter of how you work that out because if you think about it collectively that's what 12-ish million dollars that could be between what what's kneeander Hall and Kerfoot
0: oh so kneeander's about seven we'll say hall is two that's nine and Kerfoot is three and, right. and a half so
1: yeah that's eleven four, four three million four three and a half million dollar players.
2: Right. So if you get both and knowing that you're not going to have to pay Sandine, you're shipping out those guys and you're getting a defenseman and Kane if they retain half at nine and a half million, roughly, give or take, 10 million rounded
0: up just to be safe. The money works. I guess the the question is can you actually flip one? Yeah, like this is all pie in the screen, which you probably can't.
2: Well, no, like it, it wouldn't be a one for one. It would just be probably you you would be looking at Nylander and a mid level prospect, something somebody like a Justin Robertson and maybe like a second or third round pick or something like that. Nick to,
1: Robertson, you mean?
2: Or sorry, yeah, Nick Robertson to get that done. And then on the other end for Chickren, you're probably looking at Sandine, a first and another prospect and potentially a third round pick or something like that to get that done. Would you so do not
1: would you do nice in any of those deals?
2: Absolutely not. That's a hard stop. That's a Scotty Barnes version of the least prospect pool to me.
0: I am I am willing and I know this uh may be shocking. I'll
2: fight you. If you say knees that you're willing to do it, I will fight you.
0: This may be shocking, and I, you may want to fight me, but I would be willing to move Dennis Mulgin.
2: <laughs> you're just, just taking crazy
1: pills. <laughs> That's funny.
2: No, but I mean, I, anyways, I, like the yeah Matthew Nees is a non starter. I think he's everything that, that this team has been sorely missing for a long time. He's big. He's skilled. He can score. He can play gritty. He's, he is a younger up and coming version of Corey Perry. When Corey Perry was young. And it's not as much I of a douchebag. Just, yeah. Again, not as much of a douche, maybe not as much of a pest, but he can play big. And to, 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 Think that as early as March that we could be seeing a top line of Matthew Nees, Austin Matthews, and Mitch Marner is unreal. And that could be the top line going into the 2023, 2024 season. That no, like that that dude's projected to be a top two line player, and especially with someone like Matthews and Marner. No, you don't do that. Absolutely not.
0: Well, we'll have to wait and see if there ever is a Patrick Kane trade. Not sure if there will be, but Time will tell.
2: But apparently there will
0: not be a trade for Kevin Durant. Uh, <laughs> the, the Nets came out today, today, the day of recording, that they have come to an agreement with Kevin Durant that they are going to continue to move forward. I'm trying to find the exact quote because it, it sounds ridiculous, like the way they worded it. Of like We are focusing on basketball with one collective goal in mind. Build a lasting franchise to bring a championship to Brooklyn. An agreement to move forward with our partnership. That's what I thought was the strangest way they put that. An agreement to move forward with our partnership. Okay, guys. So it sounds like um, Durant is staying put. And for all the reasons that we have talked about on the show a million times, that They only had a couple of suitors. And once some of those suitors went off the board, they kind of were left with the Raptors. And the conversation with the Raptors began and ended with Scotty Barnes. So now there's, I mean, there's nowhere for him to go. Nobody wants you. That could also be it too. That's a great point.
1: It's also possible that no one wants to deal with this guy. Well, no one one wants him for the price, right? Like if you have Scotty, at least you still have Scotty. If you trade Scotty, you don't have Scotty. For the, for the Celtics, if you trade and you still have Marcus Smart, at least you still have Marcus Smart. If you trade Marcus Smart, you don't have Marcus Smart anymore, right? Like I feel like you're giving up. That's how up, trades work. Right, but I think what they're saying is, well, yes, but what I'm saying is if you give up specifically certain guys, you don't have those guys to fall back on in case Kevin Durant is like a nut job. Like there's just too much of a risk with him to give up those kinds of players. It's the same as as the Kane expiring contract. You can't give up too much because he might not play for you, you know, beyond this year, right? So you can't pay exorbitant amounts of, of currency, whatever that is, you know? So I, I just find it interesting. Like, how do you how do you sit and talk to Steve Nash now? Like, I can't how wait does Steve Nash coach that team? That,
0: what Barclays Center sounds like on the the home opener? Dude. When they the, announce Kevin Durant at starting, you
2: know? Oh, yeah, he's going to get booed to shit. It's yeah. going to be fantastic. You and think I'm so? Or you think kind of these of people the are just
1: going to be happy he stayed?
0: Oh, I, I think they, it's New York, man. Yeah. They will boo the shit out of that
2: man. You want it out, and now you're changing your mind. You don't want us, and now you're forced to stay here. Screw you.
0: Yeah. Can't wait. I know who else I can't wait to see booed, but he won't be. Anyone? Anyone? No? Deshaun Watson. Unless you're those fans. So, Deshaun, yeah, those fans, I think you're talking about the ones with the signs. The dad and the son, just absolutely trash humans. I don't even want to say what those signs said, but basically...
1: There's no possibility that's photoshopped, right?
0: I mean, that's possible, but I don't think it is.
2: Football fans are stupid, though, man. They forgive anything if it means that like a, a decent win. player plays for their team.
0: Yep. But <laughs> like basically what happened was there was uh, a couple of fans, and it looked like a dad and his kid, and he made his kid hold up these signs as well. And it was basically uh, dismissing the victims, and one of the signs that the kid was holding said, Free Watson. So they by free him. They're referring to the eleven game suspension that the NFL and Deshaun Watson have now settled on.
1: By the way, I should apologize so from the last Deshaun Watson story. I said the NFL was being the NFL was going harder for a harder suspension. So my yes. apologies. Um, I was incorrect. I thought the NFL was being lenient, but it wasn't the NFL. It was the independent, um, former judge who was making a decision based on. What they saw and what they knew. And then the NFL appealed that decision. So, and then got a a larger sentence or punishment for Deshaun Watson.
0: Right. So the suspension went from six games to now 11 games. Uh, He also has to do a number of, you know, classes about behavior and all this bullshit. He'll also pay $5 million as part of this fine. And here's what I find interesting: Did 11 games sound odd to either of you? Yeah, like it's just like an arbitrary, and odd number.
2: At that point, just do the season.
0: You know who they? So I, I believe they must have a week 12, or mm, I think they have a week 12 bye. They the Browns, Houston. That is. The first game back, Watson plays Houston.
1: Hmm. Hmm.
2: Yeah. As much as the NFL wants to seem like they do things to punish players, they do that in a way but without sacrificing their ability (laughs) how can
0: we how can we look
1: good and win
0: and the game is in
1: houston oh it's like gonna get roasted maybe that's punishment maybe that's part of the punishment to the nfl maybe it's not a win maybe it's like we're gonna throw this guy right to the fucking wolves then
2: right we'll say this do you think though that he pulls a ben simmons and he's like, you know, no. I haven't really had training camp. I'm suspended. I'm not playing this game.
1: No, this guy is lighting it up in preseason
2: at all. Or or do you think Deshaun Watson goes in there and throws for 350 yards and like five, four touchdowns and they absolutely pummel the Texans?
0: He's going he's to torch the Texans.
2: Yeah. Because that's, that's yo, how that's how bet.
1: football always shakes down.
2: Action? Always. Action hmm? on that game?
0: Uh, yeah. You saying we should uh, take a look at the over-unders on that game right now? <laughs>
2: Uh, no, like I think as we get closer, uh, like like what's the over under on yardage for Deshaun Watson in that game? I'm gonna set it at two seventy five. That might be that might be some value.
1: Yeah, I'm taking over on that. Oh yeah,
2: hundred percent over. I mean, and then, um, we all
1: think he's gonna obliterate the Texans. You know, the revenge and, game of the century for him. And he has like, just a, for him. And he has Amari Cooper in it. Like it's. I forgot about Amari Cooper. Yeah.
0: yeah, that's something that I need to really look into because there's been a lot of movement in this NFL offseason. And I'm just on the ESPN website now. I just saw that Gus Edwards is going to miss the first month of the season. So that's that's lovely. But I, I have my fantasy football draft tomorrow, so I need to really like.
1: Mine was actually at 8 p.m., but I was the eighth pick in, the, in this league that I'm in. So I just let it auto-draft. <laughs> if I'm the eighth pick, fuck it. I don't care. <laughs> It's only a $30. It's, it's work, man. It's, it's not like as much
0: work as, as like fantasy baseball or something, but you need to have a good draft in fantasy football. Yep. All right. So that's all the major sports stories that we're going to talk about this week. Now it's time for top fives. And this week's top five is top five favorite athletes of all time. So now it doesn't necessarily have to be like, who we think is the greatest athlete of all time? Because I mean, that list we could probably come together collectively and name, like, you know, Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, Serena Williams. And like, we'll, we could easily hit that top five in a matter of a couple minutes. The exercise we're doing here is what is my personal top five favorite athlete and what's James's and what's Maddie's? And we will compare and contrast and see if we have anything that's overlapping. I think looking at my list, there may be one. That overlaps with you guys but who knows and i have mine ranked one through five so like one to me is my number one and five is my least of the group but i think we should start with five and work our way up
2: sure i think you guys should go first
0: james you have your list ready or am i i can go first
1: go ahead
2: so my number five
0: um great player obviously But what I also appreciate about this guy, I I think there's a common thread in all of my players, whereas even though he's not a small man, in the game he plays, he's a small man. And I think there's that common thread with a lot of the guys I picked. I guess I think it's kind of like those kind of guys who have to overcompensate for their size and play to a different level. And in this case, we're talking about a two-time NBA MVP. And we're talking about a guy... Who dominated the NBA as a short white man? And that's Mr. Steve Nash. A game that is dominated by very large men uh, for a guy like Steve Nash, who's still six foot three, significantly taller than I am. But for a guy like his size to do what he did is unheard of. And the fact that he's Canadian uh, is huge for me because, and I saw this again recently. I don't even know what I was watching, but it was some like podcast, maybe a television show or something. And they're talking about basketball. And they're like, oh, it's America's sport. We invented it, right? No. Canada invented basketball. Like Basketball is Canada's game and Steve Nash put Canadian basketball on the map for a very long time. So Steve Nash is my number five.
1: Um, yeah, I like that. Number five for me is Wendell Clark. Uh, Toronto Maple Leaf, former captain. Captain Crunch, if you will. Guy that, dude, the guy did everything for that team. And realistically, that team should have won a cup. Um, they were, they I'm were, <laughs> they were beasts, man. And the, the best thing about Clark, I once with my dad watched Wendell fight Bob Probert like twelve rows in front of us, and they were just like, it's not like fights today in the NHL. There's so much like tugging, the helmets are on. They're just punching each other in the visor, like it's, dude. Clark and Probert were just haymakers, just hammering each other. And I remember, yeah, not dude. And he had the wrist shot from hell. That, remember when he took off Cujo's mask? Yeah, like fucking. Uh, he would hit people, dude. Full disclosure: the, the man hit. would the man would li- leave his feet <laughs> for a lot of hits, but uh, a lot of those hits during that
0: era were a hundred percent illegal hits to today's standards. Yes, but it's allowed.
1: Um, but ben. he was just he was just ben. everything you wanted in a leader, like. I remember being so upset the day he got traded. And I remember my dad taking me to Zeller's at the upper Canada mall to get his autograph. And I still have the card, uh, in his autograph, but I remember his hands just being the size of my head. Um, as a kid, like he was just, you know, he's, he was just like, if, if the Leafs, if he could play today, he's exactly what the team needed. Um, it's just that kind of leadership quality. Like he would have done, you know, even then when I think back to that era, I think we've talked about this before. Like even the images of Gilmore playing and he's still got blood on his jersey. Like they don't make players like that anymore. And um he, you know, first overall draft pick for the Leaf came as a defenseman, converted to a forward. Um yeah. Wendell.
2: Adding
1: like number it. five. I like it. My number
2: five actually is similar to Jim's. Um, mostly f- it, it, you could say this is error adjusted, as it were honestly, probably a similar player um, is Jerome McGinley. I mean, as a hockey player growing up, um, I was always brought up to play a certain way. I always liked to play a certain way. And it was essentially modeled after Jerome McGinley that a dude who could go in there, play tough, play gritty, he would fight. I still remember one of my favorite hockey moments is and I don't mean like specifically three seconds or three minutes, but as a whole, is that Tampa-Calgary series. And that Vinny LeCavalier, Jerome McGinley fight in the playoffs, man, that still gives me goosebumps. That's two captains wanting nothing more than to just win, just willing to throw it down in a Stanley Cup final, which never happens. Fights don't happen in the playoffs. And these are your leaders going out there, leaving it all out there on the ice like that. And then Gillon was also robbed of the Hart trophy because of fucking Montreal media. And was there that vote- one
0: year he like, he had a three-way tie for the Richard, right?
2: Yeah. And then, but the year he was supposed to win the, the Hart Jose was Tador. the Montreal media. They voted for Jose Tator because they didn't want someone, not Montreal winning the trophy. And it actually changed the ruling on voting to make the Hart trophy voting public or the voting for the NHL awards public for that reason. So I just think that's similar to Clark. The dude did it all. He would hit, he would fight. He would, he could score like a madman. He had a shot from hell as well. Like the dude was awesome. And he's assisted on one of the biggest goals in Canadian hockey history, you know, with Sid and Vancouver. So I'm number five on my list is, is Jerome McGinley. And I have his autographed Jersey that it's still going to be going up on this wall. Right here, very soon. So,
0: did you guys ever play NHL two K two K eight or the two K series of the NHL games? Yep,
2: where Mm -hmm. you could do the Zambo. Ew, ew, no.
0: Oh my god, the two K games were awesome.
2: Not for hockey, they were.
0: Yeah, they were. They were. I, I, there's some game modes I wish NH EA would put into the games now. Basically, there's a game mode called Free for All. Okay, it was one net and you picked one player. Have and this. I would always pick Jerome McGinley. So They and have threes. Yeah, the NHL. NHL. Oh, no, but you, you're not the same team. It's four yeah. players, four people couch co-op. You're one player.
1: Yeah, they have and this. And
0: there's one puck in one net, and you're all hitting each other and trying to score on yeah, yeah. one net.
1: They have yeah, he has it now.
2: But threes does that?
1: No, ones. Yeah.
2: Oh, it's, it's called, called ones, okay. Yeah, it's called ones, sorry. But yeah, they have it. But yeah. no, I know what you mean. Like, that mode is fun, but Aginla in that era, and when he was the cover boy of the NHL games, what was it? 06? Oh, no, three. Oh, he was three. on the cover. Oh, three. Man, remember the heartbeat mode? We on a break. NHL
0: Oh Three might be the greatest video game soundtrack after Tony Hawk Pro Skater.
2: <laughs> uh, I actually I would tend to agree with you there. that that's the one that had they had Follow Boy. They had Papa Roach. I'm pretty sure that was the Follow. I don't Boy think there's
0: Follow. There. There's Jimmy World and Papa oh, Sweetness. Roge. Sweetness, yes. Yes. Very so good. yeah,
2: again, look, my number five.
0: Also, do you know how many middle names that Jerome McGinley has?
1: Like four? Like yeah, five. <laughs> I saw, Arthur uh,
0: Lee, uh, a, a DeCuny, I don't know how to say that one, uh, Tig, Junior, and Elvis. It's Five nice. middle names. I
2: That's also crazy. remember when he was interviewed on Boston TV and they didn't know it was Jerome McGinley during a snowstorm, right? And he's at a gas station. And they're just like, he's like, yeah, well, you know, I grew up in Canada. And he's like, these, weather, these winters aren't that bad and things like that. They had no idea it was just Iggy. It was fantastic. Alright, so, my,
0: uh, my second player, also uh, not necessarily a small human by normal standards, but again, in the sport that he plays, not a big dude. And this guy, I think, similar to your explanation about Jerome McGinley, that he played the right way, this was the type of guy who is like a pit bull type player, where he would just fight you for everything. And would never take a playoff, would always be in the middle of things, and was always the one causing the trouble. A six-time All-Star and helped the Toronto Raptors win their first NBA championship. He's the greatest Raptor of all time, Mr. Kyle Lowry.
2: Yeah, he is the greatest Raptor of all time.
0: I don't think at- there's, there's any question anymore. No. Obviously, there was the discussion at one point. Like Chris Bosch did a lot for the team at the time. Uh, Vince Carter put the team on the map. I don't think anyone can ever take that
2: away from him. DeRozan Uh, kind of excelled at being, you know, a fantastic scorer, but yeah, no one embodied being a Raptor better than Kyle Lowry. I agree. Um, How long do you think that dude gets a statue? I don't know, but he would be the first
0: guy to get a statue because there are like half a dozen Maple Leafs out front of that building right now, but there are no Toronto Raptors and I think there absolutely should be. I think they'll wait until he retires.
2: Yeah, but like, let's be honest though, up until now, until Lowry really. Has any Raptor truly deserved to get a statue? I don't think so. Right. So I think like it's not saying that, you know, oh, the least got one and or have this many, but the Raptors don't. I think a lot of that has to do one non-deserving in 200 years of history versus 25. Sure. Right. But I think out of anyone, sir, if you're Oliver Miller, Holler Miller, <laughs> Doug Christie, you know, uh, with his wife, like they should have a statue with him and the wife just behind. You know that story, Dustin? Doug like Christie's so. wife used to travel with him on the road because she didn't because trust she him. didn't trust him. She was like, "No, I know what you guys are doing that when you're like on
0: the it sounds like a healthy relationship right. There. So
2: yeah. so you could like go back and watch Doug Christie game clips on the road and you see his wife in like the third row behind the team's bench.
1: Every Just game. arms crossed. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You know what though? Like, let's. Uh, sorry, I had to check something. I don't know if you guys covered, it, but like, lest we forget, the beginning of the Raptors Lowry relationship was not good. Like, they he got off to New York. Rocky start. No, that was that was near the end. But even in the beginning, he w- he didn't he didn't really want to be here. Apparently, he had an attitude and he problem. In, and,
0: yeah, he he wasn't in the best shape at one point either. Like, they traded his best
2: friend Rudy Gay.
0: Yeah, so there was, yeah, definitely a lot of turmoil. And they eventually, I, I think it all kind of turned around when, uh, why am I blanking out his name? Masai Ujiri came in. And I think that's when things significantly changed for the better for that team, or at least the relationship between Kyle and the team.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. But yeah, he's definitely the first. And if you're going to say we want to put Raptor statues out and we're going to do three, and I think what you do is you do similar to what the least it is over a season. You unveil like the first two or three throughout the season. Kyle Larry has to be the first one. And if it's not, that's absolutely criminal.
0: Right. But there's also no one that has a statue out front of the building that doesn't also have their number retired. So it's going to have to be a whole thing. And I don't think you retire a guy's number while he's still playing.
2: No, that I agree with you. That'll be when he retires. And I think they do a whole thing where they retire his number. He gets a statue, all that shit. Yeah.
0: So. Might yeah. even rename the street from Raptors Way to Lowry Way or something. Let's That'd give him cool. everything.
2: Yeah, you might as well. The dude did everything. He bled for this team. And, you know, yeah, Kawhi was the man, but you're not there without Lowry.
1: So. Jim. James, number four. Number four, because I am a New York Jets fan. And you're probably thinking, who the fuck could you pick from the New York Jets to be your favorite Mark player? Mark Sanchez. No. Darrell Revis? <laughs> uh, I, w- I was considering him, but it's not Darrell Revis. Um, Joe Montana. Is, no. Uh, and when Joe Montana Brett ever played, Favre? There, it was it was Brett Favre. Guys, what the fuck? Joe Montana wasn't. I was <laughs> trying to think of like New York Jets that matter Joe and Montana wasn't there. Of, like, it was Joe Namath was there. Joe Namath. Sorry. Um, but it's not Joe Namath. Uh, he is sixth all time in NFL rushing yards, and it's Curtis Martin. Curtis Martin. Okay. was the epitome of the Jets game plan. Like the Jets were a rushing team. And they, and they no better example than the fact that Curtis Martin is sixth all-time in rushing yards. Um, and when you think about the running backs that have come through the NFL, that have, you know, like, the list is... Like if you think about the list that's ahead of Curtis Martin, number one is Emmitt Smith, Walter Payton, Frank Gore, Barry Sanders, Adrian Peterson, Curtis Martin. And then after him and Tomlinson, also played for the Jets. I was going
0: to say, Tomlinson is not in the top five. That's crazy.
1: Yeah. Jerome Bettis, Eric Dickerson, Tony Dorsett, Jim Brown, Marshall Falk, Edwin James, et cetera, et cetera, Marcus Allen. So sixth. Curtis Martin is sixth all time with 14,101 rushing yards. Those are some names, man. Right? and But there's some names. But who's among those names? Curtis Martin.
0: It's Barry Sanders. Who's among those names?
1: And Curtis Martin. <laughs> um, so, you know, it was just... Like the guy was a beast, and watching him during the Pennington run, like I really thought that. That's like that's when I became started becoming a Jets fan, and I really thought they were they had a shot at uh, a Super Bowl, and they were they were a good team, and uh, it didn't happen for them. So yeah, Curtis Martin, number four.
0: Um, super off topic. I don't want to spend too much time on this, but did you ever see that picture on like Instagram picture of uh, Garth Brooks? Garth Brooks, uh, like. Couple years ago, was wearing a uh, Barry Sanders jersey before he went to perform in Ford Field. Mm-hmm. The internet blew up. People were furious because oh, they thought yes. it was a because they thought it was a Bernie Sanders jersey. <laughs> it's like who wears a, a politician jersey? That's not a real thing. And <laughs> Barry like, everyone was just so upset wrong. because he's like a you know country music pr- performer, and obviously he's probably a Republican. So, <laughs> anyways.
2: Bernie. Uh, okay. <laughs> oh. All right. My number 4. And I think it's the dude since he retired has done a lot for youth in this sport outside of you know, outside of um you know, just doing going to broadcasting like most guys do. Like he could have done that. He has the personality for it, but no, he decided to go back, start a program focus on youth, focus on, you know, developing in a culture that was maybe underdeveloped specifically for these kids, but also two sport athlete, you know, the dude went and played on a football game on a Sunday afternoon and then a world series baseball game, the same night, prime time, neon Dion prime time, baby. Now that dude, and also too, just the dudes moxie, And very few, okay, I kind of have a personal rule where it's you, if you can back it up, you say whatever the hell you want, right? And there's a lot of athletes that will talk a lot of shit, but there's also always something about them that you're just like, yeah, but this or yeah, but this Dion's like one of those dudes, He say whatever the fuck he wants. Like if you're a dude who can go play a football game from one to four, charter your own private jet. And go play in a World Series baseball game that same night. Like, man. And like put up good numbers too. Like it's not like he was just some kind of plug in the NFL. He's he's fantastic. And also the two, the quote, I said this the other like a couple weeks ago, where he was getting drafted and the team told him to read the book. And he was like, Where are you drafting? And they're like, Well, we're at like 11. He's like, I'm not even gonna be there. And he threw the book down and got up and left his NFL interview. You know, to kind of have those kind of stones, I don't know. I just I I love Deion Sanders. I think the dude's the man. So my number four is Deion Sanders.
0: I also have a similar one for my number three. Bo Jackson. <laughs> not not quite. <laughs> uh, also uh, a two sport athlete. We'll we'll say. Um, he actually retired from one entirely before he started playing the other. This guy. Probably not that well-known in terms of his original career. And, I mean, still was a two-time Pro Bowler, so it's not like he was entirely unheard of. But not like a major household name in the NFL. But since his retirement, has gone on to have one of the best podcasts in the history of podcasts. And is also the uh, color analyst for Friday Night SmackDown. And is also the man who has consistently great wrestling matches. He is none other than Mr. Pat McAfee, who is now my number three of favorite athletes.
1: This guy fucking looks at me sideways for Curtis Martin, sixth all-time rushing. (laughs) (laughs) He comes out with the co-announcer for SmackDown.
0: (laughs) No, but seriously, I think McAfee's I, I like McAfee just because he seems like a normal dude, whereas so many guys in wrestling are so rigid and like they sound like a Vince McMahon puppet. Whereas McAfee feels like it sounds like McAfee just out there having fun, being and pat, you can really feel that when you're Pat's watching being pat, the yeah. broadcast.
1: Yeah,
2: that's cool. I mean, I've I've only caught his podcast a couple times, and he just seems like a dude who doesn't put on a show in terms of something he's not. He's kind of just who he is, right? So,
1: no, nah, that's cool. I like that. Jim, you're number three. Number three. Probably stealing this from other people's lists, but here goes. Probably stealing it from mine. I already know it. Yeah. Probably this this guy. I remember I was in a summer camp for kids in Lindsay, Ontario. And we went to a J game, and the Jays were playing the Seattle Mariners. And this guy had the sweetest swing in baseball of all time. And the guy we talk about five tool players. This guy was the absolute. Oh, epitome!
2: I was gonna say taking you that long, Dustin. What the fuck? I have a five-tool I player.
1: About,
0: I was thinking about Blue Jays. I'm like, who on earth has ever played for the Blue Jays that I would call a
1: five-tool? Never mind. Go on. <laughs> he could hit. He could defend. He could steal. He could run. I mean, the kid had it all. Ken Griffey Jr. is right up there. Like, like it's in my pantheon. Like, there's no doubt that he's in top three. I mean, the guy did it the right way. He was I mean he's a Hall of Famer. He, it's it sucks that he never got to win a World Series. I mean, you look at you, you think about play like great players that never won championships. Like that's that's got a sting. Like he was just like every like if you could if you could create a baseball player, like that is that's what you would make. Like
0: especially he, those years when he was on a team with like Randy Johnson and Edgar Martinez. Like those were really good teams.
1: Alex Rodriguez like Alex Rodriguez was on that team, yeah. So was so was David Segee, but um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I just, I what do you say about him? He's he's just so fucking good. Like there's yeah, one of the one of the greatest everything. to ever play the game. He had an arm. Like there's there was no there was no flaw in the guy's game. Yeah, he made leaping catches he, over he the wall. Sorry, there's nothing he could not do in baseball. And you like talk about guys who could talk shit and back it up. The guy barely said anything. Like he just he wasn't, went out there
2: and played and dominated when he
1: played. You know?
0: It was a couple of years ago they added him to MLB The Show.
1: He better be 99.
0: Staff, oh, he, yeah. All of his cards are always like an end-of-the-game type card to finally get a Griffey card. Um, Griffey saw the cards, and he was upset that his bunting was too low. <laughs> It's like, well, I mean, you never really bunted because you have like the best swing in the history of the game. Like, you yeah. never really had to do that. So, his bunting was at like a 37 or something, but like, you never had to bunt with Ken Griffey Jr. No.
2: Okay. What manager would make Griffey bunt? Like, That's I don't no, care like, if it is the perfect situation for a bunt where it's a guy's on second, you got a tie game, it's no out, it's bottom of the ninth. Like, you're not making Griffey bunt. No, you're sorry. Saying swing away. No, like that dude, and if if you're the manager that tells Griffey to bunt, if I'm Griffey, you walk up there and say, well, you're fired. And then you dude, go up there and you jack a homer and you trot the base and you stare at that guy as he walks out of the stadium.
1: The, the cool thing about his, like, even when we think about when he hit home runs, he was, like, upright and, like, he looked like a statue. Every time no, he hit a home run, it was, it was he, like, prestigious. No extra movement.
2: No. It was pure. There was there was no extra movement, nothing that was no embellishment either. No embellishment. It was smooth through the ball. A lot of guys hit, hit make the contact and there's a slight stutter in their swing on the follow through. And they probably lose out on a little bit of power doing that. It was just pure through the ball extension of the arms. You know, the leg was into it. The hips were pushed forward. The guy, if you were to, I guarantee you, if you go to baseball heads, like true baseball heads, guys like Dustin and, you know, statisticians and historians of the game, and you tell them players in history that had, that you could say came the closest, if not had a perfect swing, I guarantee you 80% of those guys and you get them to list two or three guys, Griffey's on every one of their list, 100%. Um, and I can't really say much cause Griffey was number three on my list. So, um,
0: that's perfect.
2: Yeah. So I will,
0: I will write Griffey in for your number three as well.
2: It's just how, and again, it's this kind of what you said is he never talked shit. He went out there, played the game. He played the right way. I mean, I know that's so cliche when it comes to sports, but
1: Steroid I mean, he era. was
2: just, yeah. And, you know, he, he was everything you looked at in an athlete, not just a baseball player, but just an athlete. You know, he was always good with fans. He was a great player off the field. He busted his ass. You know, he didn't just rely on talent. He worked hard too. You know, he was one of those guys that didn't just say, well, I'm good enough on talent alone. He, he desired to be the best. And I love those mindsets. So yeah, Griffey was my number three as well.
0: All right. Now my number two then. So now we're getting to the top of the list here. Some of the our favorite athletes of all time. This man, I think, is fair to say, uh, this gets thrown around a lot, but I think this is a fair assessment to call him a living legend. Someone who, personally, I've met and kind of a surly man that is kind of a dick, but in Larry's terms Abisco? of what he did... Michael Larry Zabisco. Not Larry Sabisco. <laughs> but in terms of what he did during his career, it, it, it's not about, you know, how he is as, as an old man. It's about the fact that he was the first ever Triple Crown winner. It's the fact that he is a five-time WWF champion. He is a former two-time WCW champion. He is—he's one of the—I think he's the only professional wrestler in the Canadian Walk of Fame. And he was this, on Lonesome course, Dove. <laughs> he's also on an episode of The Simpsons. This, of course, is Brett the Hitman Hart. I
2: thought you were going to play the music for a sec. Oh,
0: that would have been a good cue there, James. Should have did that. Um, according to Wikipedia, he's ranked 39th greatest Canadians of all time.
2: <laughs> that's pretty like, big. Who's number one?
0: Um, that's a good point. Let's Great. I'll pull up that list probably. as we discuss. Probably Banting.
1: Gretzky. Banting.
0: Yeah, probably Gretzky. I bet Celine Dion is probably up there or something bieber uh wayne gretzky was actually number 10
1: okay
0: uh tommy douglas
1: yeah medical right
0: yes father of medicare yeah and was the premier of saskatchewan terry fox number two that's a that's a good one uh for some reason pierre trudeau is number three this is a weird list david suzuki is number five
1: (laughs) no one gives a fuck about
0: (laughs) don cherry is number seven this is an old list yeah that that needs to (laughs) be that one needs to be uh amended but
2: yeah so brett hart
0: Red Hart is my number 2. Uh yeah, again. He's a bit of a dick in his old age, but uh, there's no be denying. Fair. He was a bit of, of a dick in his old age too. That's also a good point. If you consider like how egotistical it was for him to be like, "I don't want to lose my belt in Montreal." <laughs> like, it's really gets <laughs> But he yeah. was a massive massive star in Canada and for a guy like me growing up, in the nineties, like Bret Hart was our hero, right? So
2: he was the pinnacle of wrestling for Canadians when they watched wrestling.
0: He should still be the gold standard of professional wrestling, but he's not. They wrestling has glorified guys like Shawn Michaels and you know John Cena, the more sports entertainment y guys. But if you go back and watch Bret Hart matches now, go back and watch his matches with Kevin Nash. And go back and watch his matches with the British Bulldog.
1: Dude, the art of his selling was unreal.
0: Yeah, and no one sells anymore, so it's it's a, it's a different era, right? Everyone just does a million things a million miles an hour and gets up a second later, whereas everything that happened in a Bret match, like you felt the pain on his body.
2: Yeah, especially when the hair dried out and it got all frizzy and he looked like he was Nick Nolte in a mugshot, <laughs> 100%. But I will say this, Bret, though, is probably in my top three list of favorite wrestling moments of all time. WrestleMania 10.
0: What, he lost Owen Hart or when he won the world title at the end of the night?
2: (laughs) When he won the world title at the end of the night and then everyone comes out, puts him on the shoulder and Owen stands at the ramp. He's like, no, no. I
0: beat him. Yeah. Good book. That was just good bookings what that was. Yeah. Yeah. To have him lose. You're
2: you're sitting there with Owen and Brett for the rest of the summer. Yeah. So Jim can attest to this. I love that moment so much. I would force my dad to rent WrestleMania 10 on VHS From Jumbo? From from Jumbo Video or Blockbuster at least once every two weeks because I wanted to watch that. He's like, you've seen this so much. I was like, I don't care. I want to watch it again. (laughs) And then he'd be like, no, I'm not getting this. He's like, no one cares, dad. Just rent the fucking movie. (laughs) So that's, yeah, Bret Hart, I like that one too. So I I feel like Jimmy's number two is going to be the same as mine. So go ahead, Jim. We got a motor too, so.
0: um, Yeah, how much time do we have left? Like seven minutes or something? Something like that, yeah. So, okay. maybe 6.
1: So, I'm going to motor through okay. this even though it, do- it doesn't deserve it. Uh number 2, mamba mentality, baby. Like the guy mm, two. Yeah. Uh, Kobe Bryant. There's I've been obsessed lately with guys that didn't settle. Um Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, like they were just like winning championships for these guys wasn't enough. Like they had to beat you and they forced you to beat them. And I think that was, you know, the like these guys were just so obsessed with being the best that they did whatever they could. Like I said, one time I was reading this book and there was a thing about Kobe where he hurt his finger and he, to get back into shape and to fix his shot they he like, he took like a hundred thousand shots or something or 10,000. I can't remember the number. And someone was like, was that shots? You took that many shots? He's like, no, that's how many I made. Like, he's like, he didn't stop until he made that many shots. And he used to say that he didn't practice taking shots, he practiced making shots, which is the, di- that's the difference in the mindset. And I think, you know, the whole mama mentality and all of that, like it's it's dangerous because it puts you in a spot where you're like, like you you just keep running, like you're just trying to achieve all the time. But at the same time, man, if you're not grinding, like what are you doing? So yeah, rest in peace, the GOAT, Kobe. Yeah. Kobe's
2: also my number two, all for the same reasons. That kind of mindset, And drive to be as talented as that but to say that you know what I can be this talented but guys can still work me so I'm not just going to rest on that that I'm going to supplement my ability with my work ethic and I don't think there's any question that he might be arguably one of the hardest working athletes in sports history so I Kobe for all those reasons number two and I had this tweet the other day where I said I went into a black hole of watching old Kobe interviews where he talks about mama mentality and what it takes. And, man, I felt like I could stand outside and punch a meteor. It was it was great. And it was at like 2 in the morning. I was like, this is not good. I'm up and ready to go. So, yeah, Kobe number two for me. All
0: right, then it's down to my number one, this man, eight-time All-Star. He won a Cy Young in both the American League and the National League. He pitched a perfect game. His number Roy, is retired by two franchises. Roy Halliday. The doctor himself. <laughs> Roy Halliday is my number one favorite athlete of all time. He was just a guy that, and again, we say it a lot, but like did things the right way. Like he was a dominant player in baseball and he was so humble about it. And Dude, he was just he like almost, the nicest guy he ever. He
1: almost pitched the perfect game in his debut.
0: Yeah. He went play 8.2 point, eight point or whatever yeah, eight it was innings. until it got yeah. broken up. Insane. Um, And he was just, I don't know, just the, the fact that he was so humble about how good he was. And uh, there was, I, I was reading a stat recently that the most complete games since 2009 Roy Halliday. is Roy Halladay.
1: Yeah, still. Like, guys <laughs>
2: just don't pitch complete games anymore.
1: Guys and Roy Halladay just
0: did it on
1: the regular. So,
2: yeah. Yeah, it was it was like nobody's business. He went out there and just it, you knew it was minimum eight innings. When he, also had holiday a, went out there. he
1: also had a playoff no hitter, didn't he?
2: Yeah, he threw a Phillips. hitter
0: in the playoffs for the Phillies. Yeah, but yeah. his yeah. perfect game was not in the playoffs. But yes, also, October six, October 6, 2010, he threw a postseason no hitter.
2: Where's your holiday jersey? So, call yourself a fan, okay, Dude, Jim, I, wish I wish <laughs> I wish could get
0: one. And we've gone through like the jersey rules and stuff. I can't just put a holiday on a new jersey, so it'd have to be an old black one. Or a, a more appropriate time frame. One
1: that ugly red, white, and blue one. No, um, no red. Um, my number one. My brother probably knows who it is. Um, very easy. Probably one of the most prolific goal scorers that was mild. like. Probably like his career was cut short due to injury. Played on multiple teams. Performed everywhere he went. Recently, people have said that if he played in today's game, he would be the most dominant player from the past to play in today's game, uh, and we still hang, Pavel Bure. That dude was... Like, he was today's goal scorer in a 90s game. And he was a piece of shit, too. Like, (laughs) he was not... He was an asshole on the ice. He was an asshole on the ice. But man, the absolute speed that he would do things... And if you go back and watch Pavel Bure highlights, and this will be the only thing I say before we move on, watch him keep the puck in the zone. He would... He himself would... Handle the puck and dismantle defenses because he would just carry it from the corner up to the blue line, around, into the slot. Like he was nuts. Like go back and watch some of that. Not just the breakaways, not just the shot, not just the you know, the eye for the net, but his puck position was unreal. And uh he would, he would put up sixty without breaking a sweat in today's NHL. And Easy. that Nux team, again, teams that should have won Cups, that Nux team had every reason to beat that Rangers team. But um, yeah, Pavel Bray.
2: Okay, my number one is easy, and honestly, all you really got to do is say a name, and I think everyone knows, and it justifies itself. It's Muhammad Ali. Mm, very good. Right behind you. You know, yep. Uh Jim knows I'm a massive boxing fan. I have been since I was younger, and I don't think many people embodied it embodied being an athlete more than Muhammad Ali, and embodied greatness the way Muhammad Ali did. Um, the dude did it all, and he was just he he is the goat to me he is the gold standard of greatest of all time athletes is Muhammad Ali do
1: we so. have time
0: for shout outs James
1: we don't we gotta run
0: all right that's fine we did five shout outs each this week True. <laughs> we there will you go. be back next week with a regular shout outs segment as we normally end the podcast so but that's it that's all we have time for this week thanks so much for joining us thanks so much for subscribing we will see you next week for episode 20 here on 43.6 the sports podcast you always want it